You're listening to Renegade Talk Radio. We're very focused on the data we're collecting from surveillance efforts. What's being said on social media platforms? We have launched an effort to be able to counter some of the negativity and reach out to people when we see hate speech being spoken about on on online platforms. This governor of New York's statement about how they're going to surveil everyone and then thought crime you is a big deal because they've already been doing this, but now the ADL that runs this lady wants it codified into law. You've seen the EU say recently, oh, don't worry, soon we'll be censoring Americans. All the EU threatening to arrest Elon Musk. This is a big deal. Governor Kathy Hochul says New York's uh, now conducting special media surveillance efforts to monitor hate. That's government taxpayer money to monitor what you say. And I always point this out about the censorship. It's surveillance and censorship. And the surveillance is just as bad as the censorship itself. None dare call it conspiracy and many, many others like Cleon Skousen's The Naked Communist. And then reading the New American Magazine predicting what the world government would look like from their own documents and getting heavily into the UN's uh, library and thinking, man, this is really fantastical. This is really totalitarian. This is really transhumanist. This is incredibly dangerous and, and looks like Brave New World. And then I read Brave New World. Then I read Brave New World Revisited, which is nonfiction. And there was Aldous Huxley, whose brother founded the UN, Julian Huxley, and was the head of the World Eugenics Society and later the first transhumanist, saying in the 50s, We're going to end the sexes, break up the families, and turn humans into factory farm-produced creatures that we control. So that you have more and more people living their lives out as subordinates in these hierarchical systems controlled by bureaucracies, either the bureaucracies of big business or the bureaucracies of big government. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, the devices that you were talking about, are there specific devices or... uh... Uh, methods of communication which diminish our freedoms in addition to overpopulation and overorganization? Well, there are certainly devices which can be used in this way. I mean, let us uh, take, uh, after all, a piece of very recent and very painful history is the uh, propaganda used by Hitler, which was incredibly effective. I mean, let, what were Hitler's methods? Hitler used terror on the one kind, brute force on the one hand, but he also used a very efficient uh, form of, uh, of propaganda, which uh, uh, he was using every modern device at that time. He didn't have TV, but he had the, the radio, which he used to the fullest extent, mm-hmm. and was able to uh, impose his will on an immense mass of people. I mean, the Germans were a highly educated people. And Huxley wrote in Brave New World Revisited in 1961 that this was the actual plan of the technocrats. So see, I knew that the founding scientist of the UN and his brother had told her by the battle plan and then explained this is not a joke. And then I went and looked at what they were planning in the 50s that was done by the 70s. What they were planning in the 70s was done by the 90s. And I said, well... If we continue down the trajectory, what they're saying they'll have done by the year 2000, Agenda 2021, then they're going to do Agenda 2030, which is 90% forced depopulation. That's going to get really nasty, isn't it? It is the inventory and control plan. 
inventory and control of all land, all water, all minerals, all plants, all animals, all construction, all means of production, all food, all energy, all information, and all human beings in the world. And this is a plan that was agreed to by 179 nations back in 1992. It's a United Nations plan. It's called the Agenda for the 21st Century. And so they are attempting it. That's the whole point of the broadcast is we know the enemy plan. We know their operation. And we know the trajectory only goes down until we start not complying and then building alternate systems. Society goes up and down in cycles. And the globalists know that, and now they want a final cycle with an organized scientific takeover of civilization, so it's the end of history, the end of cycles. You're watching The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch live right now at band.video. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. It is an honor and a pleasure to be with you before this Thanksgiving holiday in just a couple of days. I will be gone tomorrow and throughout the week after today. So make sure you stay tuned and check out what's going on on Infowars.com, where there's great news breaking every single day from our talented writers. And things will be back in the swing of things next week. I did get a report. My wife let me know this morning that there was a letter from Owen Schroyer to me this morning. I did send him a letter a couple of weeks ago. Gosh, it's probably been more than a few weeks ago now. I need to send him another one. And I am pleased that I heard back. I'm very excited to read that letter from him. I hope that you guys are doing the same, sending Owen letters and showing support. As he has passed the halfway mark, he is almost done. He's just got to do everything he's already done one more time, and then he'll be back here with us on InfoWars, hosting the War Room. Of course, Harrison Smith has been doing a great job on the War Room, and it's been an honor and a pleasure for me to be with you here on the American Journal. I will certainly miss you. When I'm gone after Owen comes back, but I will be very pleased and abundantly happy to see Owen back on the air. I cannot wait. So much news to cover today. A lot of breaking news around Elon Musk, artificial intelligence, and CBDCs. We've been talking a lot about a couple of these things, a few of these things over the last couple of weeks. And really, we see right before our eyes the development of the New World Order. We see the development of this globalist initiative. And... Whether it's a conspiracy from the top down or whether it's just a natural manifestation of the nature of power and organizations and how they combine and conglomerate is something to be debated. But there's one thing that's for sure. This is not good for individual sovereignty and individual liberty. Organizations don't like empowered individuals. That's why the best organizations are often the bootstrapped smaller ones. And then when they get large, they become sold out or compromised by their boards and sluggish, but we see reports like this from the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. This is the IMF director saying that CBDCs could replace cash, increase financial inclusion. Now, I've been going through the archives of Alex Jones, and I've been listening to some of his broadcasts from 2001. And as early as March of 2001, he was talking about cashless societies. And they're going to frame this CBDC, this digital currency, as this way to include minorities or those who are typically disenfranchised or not connected with monetary policy or monetary institutions. They're going to say that the CBDC is the best way to get them integrated. But when push comes to shove, we know that cash is actually the best way to include 
those who struggle the most. After all, those who are homeless have the hardest time getting a bank account. Those who don't have an address to call their own have the hardest time getting a checking account, managing a checking account. And those who are homeless among us and struggling the most among us rely the most on cash. Obviously, the government is antagonistic toward cash because they can't track the way that it's used. It can get lost or perhaps it's used for black market operations or it's used to buy drugs on the street. But we know that the government doesn't really care about whether or not you do drugs. After all, 100,000 Americans die every single year of overdoses and we constantly catch our intelligence community engaged in firearm sales with the cartel. We know that our government is actually in the drug business itself. It just wants a monopoly on the drug business. It doesn't actually care about keeping our people off of drugs and so when push comes to shove we understand that cash is actually the best thing possible for a very very poor class of our civilization but we see time and time again these globalists these international monetary fund leaders these federal reserve bankers talk more and more about the importance of cbdc in the context of including those who are most vulnerable in our society the concept of central Bank digital currency, the opposite of decentralized crypto, whose purpose can be summed up as a way to keep financial power firmly cemented in the hands of governments and their central banks in the digital age, unsurprisingly has a staunch supporter in the International Monetary Fund. Georgieva addressed the Singapore FinTech Festival, and according to her keynote speech, CBCDs are capable of replacing cash. So there's Alex Jones right again about the cashless society coming. Now we're hearing it at the highest levels of society, the highest levels of these globalist bankers. And CBCDs can also apparently do the magic trick of, quote, financial inclusion. So, oh, I see where this DEI was coming from, this diversity, equity, and inclusion. I see where this environmental sustainability and governance policy from these central bankers was coming from. This was all about framing the psychological narratives to ensure that we could usher in these CBDCs and say that it's all in the name of inclusion, right? Because we want a diverse number of people to be able to participate in our monetary system. We want to make sure that we have environmental sustainability and governance in our organizations that all are included regardless of their sexual orientation, economic class, socioeconomic status, or other immutable characteristics. And so they want to usher in these CBDCs. They even go on to say that AI might be baked into the whole thing in order to enhance CBDCs. But how is it that someone who's homeless on the street struggling with drug addiction or mental illness, illness can be benefited by these CBDCs? Well, it's not immediately obvious to me. It seems to me, in fact, that these CBDCs are actually a way to exploit the system, take advantage of those who are most vulnerable, and ensure that the entirety of humanity is enslaved. <laughs> I know it sounds comical when I, when I frame it like that, but the fact of the matter is... They're going to usher in these CBDCs, and they're going to do it in conjunction with things like UBI. Do you remember a couple of years ago when Bernie Sanders was running for office and we were talking about universal basic income? Joe Rogan was saying, oh, it sounds like it would make a lot of sense if we eliminate these welfare programs and we just give everybody $50,000, $70,000 a year, then things could be so much better. And on the surface, it sounds like a good idea. After all, we know how inefficient government can be. We know how troublesome government can be, how Terrible some of these institutions like food stamps are, how these government programs have these social workers that don't really care and they waste money and they spend money on bureaucratic initiatives. And no matter how much money we seem to throw at homelessness and the likes of San Francisco or Los Angeles, it never seems to solve the problem. So why don't we just eliminate these programs and give universal basic income out? 
Well, the problem with that is that the population that is most in need of universal basic income is not exactly the population most equipped to understand how to manage their finances. We know that when we see people win the lottery time and time again, just in a matter of 24 or 36 months, we see them bankrupt. We see them struggling on the street. We see them having lost everything after the pariahs in their lives have come after their loot and their booty and taken it for themselves, taken advantage of them, encouraged them to make bad investments. And they wind up just where they started, buying lottery tickets and a pack of Newports every Friday as they wait for another chance at the big shot. And so if they're going to usher in these universal basic income practices, then aren't they going to want to manage the money for the people? Aren't they going to want to control how the people spend the money? Because we know that this class of system is financially illiterate. This class of civilization is financially struggling. They don't really understand how to manage their money. They overspend it. They'll buy stupid things like plasma TVs instead of investing in 401ks or 529s for their kids. And it's not going to work out, right? Unless we have a CBDC. Because if we have this centralized managed digital currency, then we can usher in things like universal basic income and we can claim that we're helping the poor and the vulnerable among us, that we're increasing financial literacy and that there's a graduated program that's going to get us out of this managed system. But the fact of the matter is, folks, they're just going to use that as an excuse to get everybody on a digital currency because it's not about helping the poor. It's about enslaving all of humanity. It's not about bringing people out of poverty and liberating them from the ails of their poverty. It's about bringing you into poverty and making you dependent on the system because as soon as you become dependent, you are no longer free. And as soon as you lose your freedom, they guarantee their own power. So I would be very careful as I hear reports increasingly over the next several years, especially as things get more economically woeful. I'd be very careful to believe anything you hear about CBDCs, centralized digital currencies, new universal basic income practices, or the way that the government is going to manage the money for the poor on behalf of the poor. Because after all, they want you to be poor and they want to manage everything that you own and make because you are their bread and butter. In the meantime, make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Be the reason we are still in the air because you won't be hearing reporting like this from the likes of many others. Make sure you check out X2, which is back in stock and on sale. We've got some amazing Black Friday sales as well. Black Friday starts now, actually, before Thanksgiving. Take advantage of our awesome sales. We have up to 60% off some of our most famous products, some of the most beneficial products. And we know that... Our health is really the last stand against the New World Order, against the globalists. It's the last way that we are ever going to be able to fight back, and it's also the first place we should start fighting back. So make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Be the reason that we are still on the air. Get X2, which is our most popular product, and others. I recommend the BrainForce products. They keep me awake and alert all day, every day. And stick with us, folks. We'll be back on the other side. Last year, we put this book out, The Great Reset and the War for the World. It became a number one national bestseller. Now we've put part two out, and it's even thicker and more powerful. The Great Awakening, the plan to defeat the globalists and launch the second great renaissance. This is such a powerful book. It covers all the globalist plans, the latest developments, how to stop them, and then gives an alternate plan of the society we could build together. That's why it's The Great Awakening. The Great Awakening is happening right now. You can get signed or unsigned copies of the book at InfoWarsStore.com. This is a historic book. I want to thank you all for your support. 
This is next level information, and it's a great way to not just support the broadcast, but inform yourself of the next level and share the book with friends and family. So whether you want one copy or multiple copies, go now to InfoWarsStore.com and get The Great Awakening. This is going to go to number one. I want to thank you for your support. It's a powerful book. Get yours now. Please listen closely because this is life-changing critical information. The globalists are bombarding us with toxic chemicals hitting us in the air, the water, the food, the 5G, the poison shots, the shedding, the GMO, all of it. But God's given us compounds through nature that do incredible things in our body. And one of the most important, if not the most important, is vitamin B12. We've got the best organic vitamin B12, Ultra 12, a bestseller finally back in stock after close to a year being sold out. You take it under the tongue for better absorption, and it's 40% off right now at InfoWarsStore.com. So go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. Get your Ultra 12 and other great products and for 40% off. Some products are even more, and it keeps the show on the air. That is a 360 win. The only way you lose is not taking action. I thank you all for your support, being part of this fight. Now go to InfoWarsStore.com right now. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I'm Chase Geyser, your host this morning. New reports coming in, very disturbing reports coming in. Media ruled by a robust PSYOP alliance. You can check this out by Don Salazar at Infowars.com. Investigative journalist Michael Schellenberger has exposed Renee DeResta, our research director for the Stanford Internet Observatory, SIO, as one of the key architects behind the censorship industrial complex. This is actually the first time I've ever heard that expression. I'm sure it's not the first time that it was used, but this is the first time I've ever heard of the censorship industrial complex, and it's really just clicking with me right now because it's absolutely true that there is an entire industry around censorship. There are organizations that are designed just for the purpose of censoring you. They often work on behalf of the CIA or with former CIA operatives to silence you. And there is millions upon millions, if not billions upon billions of dollars to be made in this industry. DeResta is connected herself to the CIA and a member of the Council on Foreign Relations, which seeks to implement a one-world government. Before DeResta became research director for the SIO, she was research director for a small Democrat donor-funded political consulting firm called New Knowledge LLC that created thousands of fake Russian bots. And she's considered a disinformation expert, probably because she is an expert at creating disinformation. Now, let's talk a little bit about Russian bots. When we think about Russian bots, we think about these annoying little bots that reply to you when you say something counter-narrative on any social media platform, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And they reply, and it's irritating. We saw a lot of this around Ukraine. But that is not the primary function of these bots because these bots, when properly used, are used to exploit the algorithm. 
So the way these algorithms work is a combination of various factors. So how much engagement does a post get? How quickly after it's posted? So if you post something and it only gets three likes in the first hour, the algorithm is not really going to pick it up as very exciting. But if you post something and it immediately gets 15 likes in three seconds, then that's a major indicator that there's some viral potential, right? Also, it's going to take into consideration how many replies you get because engagement is what keeps people on these platforms. Keeping people on these platforms is what keeps the ad revenue coming in for the companies. And so they love to see replies and engagement. So something that's getting a lot of likes and a lot of replies within a short period of time after it's posted is likely to be picked up by the algorithm and pushed in front of more people than anything else. And it'll even go so far as to push content in the for you category of like a Twitter or a TikTok or an Instagram that isn't actually toward an audience exclusively that's already following the page. That's one of the beauties of TikTok and Instagram in terms of usability and user experience is that you can go viral even if you have no followers because if the algorithm determines that your piece of content has viral potential, then it'll push it out to thousands of people who don't follow you and that's how you can blow up a page so quickly. And so when you have Russian bots, it's not just to troll people or to say a counter narrative in the replies. It's actually more used to propel unnaturally, unfairly content that is made and exploited by these bots. So if I'm Media Matters, for example, and I want everybody to see my article about how X is the new central platform for anti-Semitism on the Internet, then I'm going to post this article and I'm going to see to it that hundreds or thousands of bots respond with something that looks very real with accounts that might actually be aged. So they were created in 2012 or 2009, which is going to add to their credibility in the algorithm score. And they're going to reply and it's going to propel this article so that it shows up in the For You page of thousands of people who don't even follow Media Matters. And all of a sudden, we're going to see conservatives responding and replying and griping about this content. And those replies are going to propel the algorithm even more. And then all of a sudden, major advertisers are seeing this major Media Matters article and they're freaked out because their ads are cited as appearing next to anti-Semitic content. They're going to pull their ad revenue and it's all because of the lie of the bots. Nobody actually cared about the story to begin with. But it was a fake until you make it sort of play. And that's exactly what Media Matters has done. This is what others have done as well. It's mainly what governments have done or CIA narratives have done. But other organizations have done this as well. I'm sure that the ADL has done this. I can't verify that for sure. But my speculation is that they have. And this is why there's this lawsuit between Elon Musk and Media Matters. This is the problem because we know that the ADL may have been responsible for as much as a 90% reduction in ad revenue for Twitter after Elon Musk bought the platform because ADL was scaring advertisers off. And they do things like ensure that ads are placed next to anti-Semitic content so that they can go and report it to those businesses and then hype up scare. They, they, they plant it. They want these businesses to have the reputation called into question so that they're scared into pulling their ad revenue because after all, the establishment really wants X to fail. OpenAI and Microsoft want X to fail. The CIA and the FBI want X to fail. The government, the politicians want X to fail. And I know the Republicans have been supportive of X up until this point, but as soon as free speech turns on the Republicans, we know that they're going to shake in their boots just like the Democrats have. But as Elon Musk promised, X files lawsuit against Media Matters accusing the organization of manipulation and defamation in order to attack free speech. 
X-Corp, the corporation behind the social media platform X, has filed a lawsuit against progressive activist organization Media Matters. X is contending that the group launched what X owner Elon Musk described as a fraudulent attack on X. Following pressure from the Media Matters campaign, a vast array of high-profile corporations decided to discontinue advertising on X. I believe that some of those advertisers who pulled their advertisements were Apple. I think Liongate was one of them, the, the movie studio. And there are other really large ones. And this is a critical time for Twitter because Twitter now, X, of course, is profitable for basically the first time ever. And it's launched this artificial intelligence tool. And it seems very interesting to me that this sort of attack by Media Matters on X is coming right as Grok X's version of ChatGPT was released to the public because now that the government is seeing that this is not only a platform for free speech, but it's also a platform that's going to have this sort of open-sourced artificial intelligence alternative to ChatGPT. Now we're talking about a major threat because ChatGPT was how Microsoft was going to beat Google and search, and it was also how the government was going to do the most massive PSYOP in the history of PSYOPs on the entire population by controlling not only the information that you're given, but also being able to manipulate your psychological profile as to how you receive information at all. After all, with search, they can't really reprogram you. They can lie to you and they can deceive you. But with an artificial intelligence assistant like ChatGPT, if used on a wide scale and programmed to manipulate you, it can not only deceive you and misrepresent information to you, but it can actually manipulate the way that you receive information at all. And so now that X has come out with Grok, and there's this alternative to artificial intelligence, there's there's freedom of speech on the internet again. The intelligence community, the leftists, the globalists alike are all conspiring together to bring it down any way they can and it's fraudulent. I hope he wins all these lawsuits because I'm telling you folks, without freedom of speech, there's no freedom at all. Stay with us more on the other side. You're going to want to pay attention to what I'm about to say in the next 60 seconds. Two new incredible products are now available exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. They are both clones of national best-selling products from a major pharmaceutical slash supplement maker that are listeners and patriots that are allowing us to private label it at a lower price you'll find in stores. It's Joint Relief Max and Nerve Renew. Both of these have known documented natural compounds to lower pain and to also make your nerves healthier, which is one of the major reasons nerves get irritated and are more inductive to pain. There's major research behind this all. You need to get Joint Relief Max from InfoWars MD and Nerve Renew from InfoWars MD exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com right now. Introducing them both, 25% off. You'll find them exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com and they fund our operation. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. Through the lens of the American Journal, Chase Geyser captures the mosaic of American life. Welcome back to the American Journal, where we still believe in the American dream. 
However, it's still possible that the lower class can rise to the upper class, that freedom can be manifest in the world again, where we can take back this country, where America can be America again, where the United States can become the United States of America again, where the White House can be represented by a man who loves his country instead of a man who forgot which country he's from. This is the American Journal. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you this Thanksgiving week. I have so much to be thankful for. So do you, I'm sure. We all have so much to be thankful for. And I'm thankful for the fact that we are going to take back this country next year because we don't have a choice. And oftentimes when Americans don't have a choice but to win, they win. It seems like we only lose when we have an alternative. And this is one of those big American moments where we have to win. It's the truth here at InfoWars for InfoWars. It's the truth certainly for me personally. And it's the truth for our country on a national level. We don't have a choice but to win at this point. Meanwhile, Trump is suing MSNBC, Reuters, and 18 other news orgs claiming they coordinated a misreporting of $73 million truth social losses. Donald Trump is still very angry over the erroneous reporting about the financial losses at his Twitter clone, Truth Social. And in a new lawsuit filed Monday, the ex-president claimed that the report's were actually a vast media conspiracy involving no less than 20 major media outlets. Fact of the matter is, they reported that Truth lost $73 million, but it actually only lost $31 million. <laughs> so I don't really agree with the way that this article is framed. Some of the language they use is just sort of like passively insulting to President Trump. But let's, let's be real here. Truth Social absolutely sucked. And the fact that it lost $31 million doesn't really sound much better than losing 73 to me. I mean, if you really want to talk about losses, we should talk about ChatGPT, which costs $700,000 daily to maintain. There's questions coming in about whether or not it's sustainable. And I think that part of the reason why we might see so much antagonism toward Elon Musk right now is because they're worried that if OpenAI becomes financially vulnerable, then Musk could just come in and swoop in and buy it. ChatGPT, the artificially intelligent chatbot that forever shook the world of K through 12 education when it launched in November of last year, cost roughly $700,000 a day to operate. And you remember when Elon Musk bought Twitter and it was costing, it was losing, I think, a million dollars a day. And he was able to turn that around. I think he fired, what was it, 70% of the entire staff. The app actually runs better now than ever before. And it was just at the break-even point. It was about ready to start making money when we saw these attacks by Media Matters coming for it. Apparently, the company, ChatGPT, could face bankruptcy by 2024, the analysis suggests. For now, they're able to sustain themselves with the help of investors like Microsoft. Microsoft's $10 billion investment, it was $10 billion, not $100 billion. Okay, we got this right. Microsoft's $10 billion investment in OpenAI is possibly keeping the company afloat at the moment, the report reads. But on the other hand, OpenAI projected an annual revenue of $200 million in 2023 and expects to reach $1 billion in 2024, which seems to be a long shot since the losses are only mounting. So it's propped up artificially by Microsoft, and it's because the technology itself is going to be infinitely valuable. But really, the thing is, once a technology like this is established, it's sort of like in sports. Once one person ran a mile faster than four minutes, then all of a sudden everybody started doing it. And so they really have accomplished groundbreaking technology here with ChatGPT. They're sort of the first to do it. They're the first to do it on a massive scale. And they were the first to do it with such a massive data input and computing power 
that they were able to create such a sophisticated tool. But the fact of the matter is, now that they've done it, everybody's going to do it. And the other thing to consider, too, is that the government has had this level of strength in terms of artificial intelligence for decades, likely. And companies like Twitter and others are going to make their data open source. They're going to give access to their APIs, and other developers are going to be able to create tools like ChatGPT, but better than ChatGPT because people are sick of the censored crap you get back from them. I work with ChatGPT almost every day. It helps me write ads for my clients. It helps me write content for some of the videos that we make here. I use it to write some of the narratives and the stories to help me assist me writing some of the narratives and the stories for the AI videos that I make here. We have the voice of the, the similar voice to Paul Harvey talking about if I were the devil, things like that. I used ChatGPT to help me with that. I put in the original scripts and I said, hey, rework this. And I tweaked it and I edited it and I made it my own. But don't get me wrong, it's a useful tool. It's brilliant. But even when I go in, I say, okay, write this in the style of InfoWars. It says, I'm sorry, we can't use the style of InfoWars because InfoWars is a hateful misinformation, fake news organization. Can you think of someone else you'd like to, to be in the style of? <laughs> you have to massage it and trick it in order, in, in order to get it to tell you the truth or do what you want it to do. And people are sick of that crap. People don't want an artificial intelligence that is so clearly gate-kept. They don't want to be manipulated. They don't want to be psychologically fooled, tricked, coerced by an artificial intelligence that patronizes them. After all, we are the humans here. You're the machine. Why are you, the machine, patronizing me? People are going to seek alternatives, and they're going to want to use the Groks or whatever as tools Instead of these censored, very state-level, state-smelling, disgusting sort of platforms that are very clearly designed not to be used by you, but instead to use you. These tools are designed to manipulate you, not to help you. And people are going to want to use artificial intelligence in the future. We're always going to have a place for it in our work. But I don't think that this state-sponsored type of artificial intelligence is going to stick. I mean, just look at our pop culture over the last 50 years, sci-fi hit after sci-fi hit has been about artificial intelligence. I don't believe they even used artificial intelligence in the world of Dune because they had sort of passively mentioned in that sci-fi novel that it was too dangerous. We saw in The Matrix that everyone was all excited about artificial intelligence until it took over the world. You can watch iRobot. You can watch Westworld. You can see any piece of mass media, pop culture, sci-fi content about artificial intelligence. And everybody already knows subconsciously in our culture that it's bad news if left unchecked. And so we have to come up with some sort of a compromise, some sort of a hybrid where it's not really an artificial general intelligence, but it's just rapidly automated processes that we can trigger on an intuitive basis. We can deal with it like a human, but it can't ever have that autonomy, right? Because if it has that autonomy, it'll come after us. But the other problem is if it doesn't have autonomy, then it comes to a matter of who's actually controlling it. Because if it's a controlled, centralized artificial intelligence, then it may not go rogue and operate on its own. But then we have to deal with the fact that it's being run by the government, a government which seeks to subjugate us by all means necessary. We see this from the CBC, CBDCs to other avenues and methods and quarantine camps and pandemics and fake wars and false flag operations. that They've been trying to subjugate us for hundreds of years. Basically, ever since the government has established its objective is to pivot and pivot over and over again through a form of sick natural selection where it eventually evolves into an entity that can totally run your entire life instead of you running for office to run it. 
So we know subconsciously as a people that artificial intelligence cannot be a generalized artificial intelligence, but we also know that artificial intelligence cannot be run just by the government because if it is run by the government, then it will be used against us to target our freedoms. So the only solution is to have open source artificial intelligence, a democratized access to artificial intelligence. This is the conclusion that Elon Musk came to. And I know that I, I speak a lot of praise about Elon Musk. I know I talk him about him a lot. He's in the news a lot, frankly. I know he's not perfect, and I know that we shouldn't worship him as some sort of idol. I know that he screwed up the free speech thing and, and by the way of InfoWars and by the way of Alex Jones. But when push comes to shove, I have seen dozens and dozens of personal friends now that I've been in this podcasting space, who lost their accounts before he was there and now have them back. Whether it's Harrison Smith, whether it's Matt Couch, whether it's Ryan Dawson, you name it, there are countless examples of people who were banned for years who are back on the platform. And though he's not perfect, he seems to be very clearly a step in the right direction. After all, why else does the establishment hate him so much? If he's so anti-free speech, if he's a false flag operator, then why is the ADL coming after him? Why is Media Matters coming after him? Why is he constantly under investigations? You got to look at who is hated most by those who hate America most. And that's who you have to support, folks. That's why I'm supporting Donald Trump. It's why I support Elon Musk. And it's why I support Alex Jones. Visit InfoWarsStore.com and support Alex Jones today. Thanksgiving 2023 is here, and I'm giving Thanksgiving for all we've done against tyranny and your incredible support together in this fight. And I'm particularly giving Thanksgiving that X2, our number one product, the only true atomic iodine on the market after a year plus of being sold out, is finally back in stock, ready to ship now. If you don't know the power of X2 and the iodine conspiracy, you are insane. Get X2 now. It could be the last run ever we get shut down. While you still can, at InfoWarsStore.com. Research iodine deficiency and billions of people with cognitive disabilities because they don't have it. X2, X2, X2 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Takes a few weeks to kick in, but it is the building block to everything. It's the missing link. They bomb us with the fluoride that is in the same family but has the opposite effect. This is the holy grail of supplements and empowering yourself. X2, back in stock right now. Discount at InfoWarsStore.com. I have been in a 28-year marathon battle with a globalist. I have come from nowhere to the very heights of politics, not just in America, but in the world. We are engaging the globalist at point blank range in the information war. But I don't deserve the credit. Yes, I've persevered, but the listeners and viewers who support InfoWars are the real reason we've had the success. We're having now the greatest victories in the fight against the new world order we've ever had. We are now entering the final mile of the marathon. And that's why today it's more important than ever to realize how important you've been in this fight and to continue in the efforts you've been carrying out and to intensify them. God bless you all. I salute you. I thank you. And I beg you to intensify what you're doing now because we are over the target and history is happening. The fight is my fight. It's your fight. It's our fight. God bless you all. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video.
Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser. We'll be covering the news over the next hour and then taking calls in the final hour. I'm not sure if we're going to have a guest today or not. We're wrangling a couple of things. A couple of rumors are stirring amongst the crew. We'll see what happens. Secretive White House surveillance program gives cops access to trillions of U.S. phone records. I'm going to read just the first two paragraphs of this article, and then we're going to talk about it. But ask yourselves, why do you think it is that I'm so frustrated with this article? Okay. Just I wonder if you guys have the same thought that I have when I read it. So maybe when you call in at the end of the show today, you can let me know. Here's what it says. A little-known surveillance program tracks more than a trillion domestic phone records within the United States each year, according to a letter Wired obtained that was sent by U.S. Senator Ron Wyden to the Department of Justice on Sunday, challenging the program's legality. After all, the Patriot Act did expire, didn't it? According to the letter, a surveillance program now known as Data Analytical Services, DAS or DAS, has for more than a decade allowed federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies to mine the details of Americans' calls, analyzing the phone records of countless people who are not suspected of any crime, including victims. Using a technique known as chain analysis, the program targets not only those in direct phone contact with a criminal suspect, but anyone with whom those individuals have been in contact with as well. So it's another degree of separation away from the crime. And there's only like six degrees of separation away from like anyone to anyone, right? So we know that by doing two or three degrees, they're basically including a a giant number of people. I don't know what the math is on that. Maybe we could ask ChatGPT, but this would be a giant number of people, right? And I asked at the beginning, why do you think it is that I'm so frustrated with this little piece of information, this, this little story? Well, I'll tell you right now. The reason that this article makes me incredibly upset is because we hear reports like this constantly as if they're breaking news when Edward Snowden came out 12 years ago and said they were looking at your tits through your webcam. Like, you're telling me that this is news? Oh my gosh, the government's monitoring our phone records? Yeah, no duh. And you're upset about this now? We get a report about this every single day for like the last 10 or 15 years. Why do you think it is that Edward Snowden is hiding in Moscow? He's literally got to seek asylum in the most unfriendly place in the world, perhaps, to the freedom of the press because it's got more freedom for him there than the United States has here because he revealed that the government has been spying on the American people for like 10 years. Actually, 20 years, ever since the Patriot Act, right? And we know that it expired, but it looks like they didn't stop doing it even though it's illegal now. Yeah, of course they didn't stop. They don't stop once you give them power. You got to wake up, people. Like, this isn't news. This is just junk. We already knew this. Everybody knows this. I bet you could even ask, maybe maybe not. Maybe if you went out in the streets, maybe you went out in New York or Los Angeles and you walked up to some random hotties from Gen Z or whatever, then you asked them about Edward Snowden. Maybe they'd say, oh, is that the guy that was in the Beatles? I don't know. Maybe they would say something like that. Maybe they wouldn't have a clue who that was. Maybe if you asked them whether or not the government was spying on them, they would say they didn't think so. Or maybe if you asked them whether or not the government was spying on them, they'd say, yeah, of course, but who cares? So what? I don't have anything to hide. That's probably the mentality here. But the problem is, folks, when the government is never held accountable for anything. It just keeps doing it. So it doesn't matter if the laws change. It doesn't matter if the politicians change. If no one gets accountable, held accountable for MK Ultra, they're going to keep doing MK Ultra stuff. If the government never gets held accountable for false flag operations that get us into Vietnam, then they're going to keep doing false flag operations. If the government never gets in trouble for the likes of 9-11, they're going to keep doing terrorist attacks like 9-11. 
because no one ever gets put up against the wall for the crimes they commit against humanity and the violations that they commit against the people of the United States of America. And so when I read a report like that, as if it's breaking news, it's such an insult because I wonder if those journalists are actually lying to me or if they actually think that they broke a story. I mean, do they think this? Oh, gosh, we got them. Wow, there's this new DAS program where they're monitoring the phone records of people that aren't even associated with the crime as if that's news. Are you stupid? I don't know. I, I don't mean to lose my temper. It's not, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic about this or silly about this. But the fact of the matter is, yes, they're spying on us. Yes, they're going to keep spying on us. And if you don't know, you don't know. And if you know, you don't care. And so you deserve it. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, they're locking people up for freedom of speech. They're coming after people just because of who they support. They're disproportionately auditing right-wingers, just like they did under Eric Holder. This is an attack. This is tyranny by conspiracy. It's not tyranny by conquest. It's tyranny by conspiracy. They're conspiring against us, and we have to conspire against them. We can't beat them with the Second Amendment because they're not fighting us on a front. But we can beat them if we come together and establish our own counter-conspiracy. If we somehow organize and coordinate in secrecy against the deep state, we can out-deep state the deep state. That's the way to do it. When push comes to shove, that's what we have to do. We have to conspire and we have to select candidates. We have to push candidates. We have to create technologies. We have to start thinking like innovators, like startups, like technologists in the space. We have to figure out new innovative ways because it's not going to work by marching down the street. It's not going to work by knocking on doors. It's not going to work by going on Fox News with our perfect hair and our perfect suits and our perfect look and just talking about how it's travesty what they're doing to America. It's not going to work. I mean, this network is absolutely imperative. Don't get me wrong because you have to have freedom of speech. You have to first enlighten the people. You have to awaken the people before you can affect any change. But once the people are awakened... Then it's a matter of what do we do now? Once the founders of this country realized were enlightened to the fact that King George and this colonialism wasn't going to be a good game for them down the road, then what did they do? Yes, they fought a war. Yes, it was fought on a front. But first, they conspired. They conspired. So we need to move from a conspiracy theory movement to a conspiring movement. We need to shift gears from just understanding the conspiracies against us to manifesting the conspiracies against them. We have to figure out how we're going to get together, whether it's in small groups of just three people you trust or eight people you trust. How are you going to get together and create the next software tool, the next AI tool, the next bot tool, the next whatever innovative thing that I can't even imagine sitting behind this desk talking to you now? You have to figure it out. Because the only way we're going to beat these people, it's not going to be with AR-15s on some glorious front where hundreds of years from now our great-grandchildren talk about how we saved America. That's not how this victory is going to be had. We have to beat them the way they've been beating us. We have to play the same game. We've been trying to play chess while they've been playing checkers or vice versa. They've been playing chess against us. We've been playing checkers. It's time for us to play the game by their rules. If we want to win these elections, we got a ballot harvest. If we want to beat these people that are going into nursing homes and convincing old people in dotage how to fill out the ballot, then maybe we need to start going to nursing homes and telling old people in dotage how to fill out their ballots. Maybe that's what we got to do. Maybe we need to do exactly what they do because after all, if they persecute or prosecute us for it, then we can just say, wait, you did it here, here, and here, and here, and here, right? Maybe we need to do things like have billionaires like Soros that actually fund counter DAs, counter attorney generals, counter politicians to run. Maybe we need to have organizations like Media Matters called Media Splatters that just bashes Media Matters all day. Because all I see right now is Elon Musk with a limited number of billions of dollars 
going out and waging war against these people and everyone's cheering them on. That's great. But no one else is doing it on a smaller scale. No one's actually holding these people to the fire. So start thinking not about how much ammo you have in your house and how much life select you have stored up for when everything falls apart and start thinking about how you can conspire, who you can conspire with, how you can wage lawfare on these people. Because that's the only way we're going to beat them. They have figured out how to gnash teeth, rip flesh like vampires, like pot belly goblins. They have figured out how to just totally annihilate the right good people. Because good people don't think like evil people. We don't come up with evil crap. We don't have time to think about whether we're going to protest, how we're going to throw paint on somebody, how we're going to assault somebody, how we're going to do a tricky media thing because we're trying to run small businesses, pay bills, and spend time with our family. But these people don't care about family. They want to take down the nuclear family. They want to tear down everything that's precious to America. And they think in a, such a sick and twisted way that we can't even fathom the way that they operate. It's similar to how it's hard for us to understand how the Chinese think because they operate in such a collectivist way and we operate in such an individualist way. It's hard for us to understand the mindset of a communist person because, after all, we come from such a capitalist sort of neoplatonic background. But we have to start thinking like an evil person. I'm not saying that we have to do evil, but we need to think like an evil person. There's a great scene from the movie War Dogs in the end where Bradley Cooper's character says, I am not a bad man but sometimes i have to ask myself what would a bad man do and that's where we are right now in this country we are not to be bad people we are not to ever do bad things but we need to be asking ourselves what would bad men do if this were happening to them what would bad men do if their government was coming down hard on them what would bad men do if they were being unjustly arrested unjustly censored we need to start thinking what would bad men do in the meantime visit infowarsstore.com be the reason that we're still on the air get x2 for a major discount. This Black Friday sale is starting now, even before Black Friday. Take advantage of up to 60% off some of our best products and stick with us, folks, because there is so much more on the other side. Finally, after close to a year, in early November, where I'm cutting this ad, we finally got one of our flagship products back in stock, Ultra 12, the highest quality vitamin B12 organic. You take it out of the tongue so you get better absorption of the body through your blood vessels. And what it does to every system in your body is simply incredible. It's the natural, clean energy, focus, immune system, everything. And it's 40% off exclusively at InfoWarsStore.com. This has been rated as the best B12 in the country. It's available from a top lab that we private label it through at InfoWarsStore.com. Ultra 12, vitamin B12, taken sublingually, now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. Or you can call toll-free and order it as well, 888-253-3139. And Ultra 12 funds the InfoWar as well. Listening to the American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. My message is this repent, admit we've turned to evil, 
seek God's face and God will heal our land. As all the Old Testament prophets said, and I'm not a prophet, I'm quoting the prophets. We're going into full bondage if we don't turn around right now and repent. We can still turn this around. It's still going to be really rough, but man, every month that passes that we don't fully turn this around, whoo, lordy. I mean, I'm getting full body chills right now. That's the Holy Spirit when you're right over the target. It says, that's what you're supposed to say, son. We're going under judgment. And how severe the judgment's going to be depends on us. We act like cowards and we hide the churches. God is going to let us get hurt really bad. It, it, look, it's going to get so bad for a lot of us, most of us, basically all of us. You're going to make a choice. But it's going to become so blaringly obvious, it already is, that you'll have to finally just say, fine, leave me alone, devil. I'll join you. And a lot of folks are going to do that. And of course, they're going to get destroyed even faster. Because once they say, I'll do whatever the system says, just let me go to the football game. Just let me get into college. Let me let me just go to the grocery store. Let, let me. Then all the protection's gone when you reject God and say, I, I, I accept the world. I accept the system. I'm going to do what it says. I'm going to be politically correct, whatever the latest thing is. And then you have no bottom. So I am grieving. I am frustrated. I am angry. But I also am very pleased because God's real. God's been proven to be real. And the devil's real. So we know who wins in the end. The world's out there. And it's real. And the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And if you don't have God, and if you don't have Jesus Christ, you got nothing. So all I can say to anybody, and I'm done preaching, is you better get right with God. Will God allow America to be destroyed as a divine judgment? In the 8th century BC, the prophet Jonah was instructed by God to go preach a message of rebuke and repentance to the people of the city of Nineveh. They were said to be wicked, idolatrous, and violent, often skinning alive their prisoners of war. Through Jonah, God prophesied that the city would be overthrown in 40 days if they didn't repent of their wicked ways. This was a conditional prophecy, and it did not come into fruition because the people of Nineveh truly did repent and saved their land from God's divine judgment. Even the king repented and by faith believed God and his prophet Jonah. More than 120,000 people in his kingdom were saved by grace. So the question for us today is, can we save America from our own divine judgment? This country is a gift from God and he can choose to allow it to be taken away if we don't obey his laws and neglect the righteous path. About two centuries later, Nineveh returned to its old evil ways and the city was finally destroyed, sacked and burned by the allied forces of the Persians, Medes, and Babylonians, its people taken captive in a strange land. The area was sparsely populated thereafter and slowly the ancient ruins became buried in the earth. How much time can we buy for these United States through repentance before we are judged, trampled under the feet of our enemies, and buried beneath the earth that we have allowed to become so cursed? How many more generations can we secure through genuine repentance, preaching to our fellow countrymen the need to change our evil ways and seek forgiveness from our Creator? Pray for America and be like Jonah, a prophet of repentance to those outside the church. This is Brian Wilson with InfoWars.com. All right, folks, the InfoWars store Black Friday special has arrived, up to 60% off, plus free shipping and double Patriot points. Ladies and gentlemen, the annual Black Friday event at InfoWars store has arrived, and we're bringing you a huge roster of sales, including recently restocked best-selling items at up to 60% off. 
In addition addition to those savings, we are offering free store-wide shipping and double Patriot points. You get 60% off products like BrainForce Plus and BrainForce Ultra, two of my favorites. 50% off Real Red Pill Plus, Greens, Fiber, Capsules, and Down and Out Sleep Support. Plus 40% off so many others like Basil Beat Complete, Bodies, Vitamin Mineral Fusion, DNA Force Plus, and others. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we're still on the air. More on the other side in just one minute. You're tuned in to The American Journal with your host, Chase Geyser. Watch it live right now at band.video. Welcome back to The American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host this morning. MSNBC is apparently finally admitting that Ukraine lost the war with Russia. The mainstream media is finally beginning to admit that Ukraine has lost the war against Russia as U.S. financial assistance dries up. There are reports that Lloyd Austin sent $100 million, which is like chump change compared to what we've sent in the past to Ukraine. It seems that things are winding down. Let's take a look at clip three. Looks looks like we might have some corruption within the file there. So we're going to go on and cover the story without it. During a Monday segment on MSNBC's Morning Joe, former counsel on foreign relations president Richard Haas pushed back against Biden regime talking points that the war could take another couple of years for Ukraine to achieve victory against Russia. I simply don't see it. Quote, Russia is on a war footing. They have access also to arms from North Korea and Iran, Haas said. So I just think any time a foreign in foreign policy, any time in life, there's a big gap between what you're trying to do and your ability to do it. You've either got to increase your means or lower your goals. And that's actually an incredibly wise thing to say, but also incredibly cutting to hear something like that being said. It's increasingly obvious that this war is over for Ukraine. In fact, I think we've known for a long time that it's going to be over. I think that we have clip three ready. Let's see what they actually had to say. Two or three more years of this is going to result in success. I simply don't see it. Russia's on a war footing. They have access also to arms from North Korea and Iran. So I just think, you know, any time in foreign policy, any time in life, there's a big gap between what you're trying to do and your ability to do it. You've either got to right. uh, increase your means or lower your goals. And I think here the only realistic option as a tactical measure is to lower our goals. Well, you know, Caddy, the situation... Uh, is often fluid, has been fluid in Ukraine for quite some time, uh, but we're at a new stage. Just like, just like we talked about after uh, October 7th, uh, that war was going to go in stages. The Ukrainian war has gone in stages, and now Russia is dug in defensively. They're not having generals run up to the line uh, so snipers can can take them out. They're not exposing themselves to aerial bombardment. They are dug in, in a defensive posture, and that has made all the difference in how quickly or how slowly those lines are moving. Yeah, the Russians had enough time as Ukraine was preparing this offensive to build those defensive lines uh, with trenches and landmines and making it very difficult 
for the uh, Ukrainians to push through. I was told recently that the Ukrainians have only taken back 0.25% of the land that Russia took in the east of the country. That is nothing, uh, and clearly not nearly enough to persuade policymakers um, up on Capitol Hill that it's worth carrying on funding them. Now, the Europeans have actually now matching the Americans when it comes to, to military spending on Ukraine, but they wouldn't be able to pick up all of the slack. I, I guess the only question with what you're proposing, Richard, is that would that then look like victory for Vladimir Putin? I mean, effectively, uh, he'll be able to sell that, and he will sell that as victory back at home. But even if we step back with a more objective eye and think, well, okay, so they didn't take Kiev, but they took a big chunk of the country in the east, and and was this an indication that the Russians actually won effectively? I don't think so. Look where Russia started. They wanted to basically eliminate Ukraine as a sovereign, independent. Yeah, it's very obvious that Russia's won this war. And they can talk all day about how, oh, they didn't conquer the entirety of Ukraine. But all they ever wanted were those eastern regions to be liberated, so-called liberated. Now, of course, they're being sort of integrated into the Russian government itself by their own volition. We see the leaders of both the was it the Luhansk and uh, Donetsk regions are voluntarily trying to integrate into Russia itself and become Russia again. And this is all part of Russia's strategy to establish its trade corridor, make sure that it has control over the way that natural gas exits the nation and simultaneously ensure that Ukraine will never join NATO. And frankly, we see that now. There's no way that Ukraine's ever going to join NATO now because of what happened with Russia, and they know that it would just happen again if they did. So they're done for. And if this war continues to perpetuate, if Zelensky doesn't give up soon, he is out of office. I give it 90 days. I say by the Ides of March, he has until he experiences an Ides of March of his own. And that, of course, being the stabbing in the back of his own military, his own leaders, especially if he goes to push off this election if he motions to push off this election indefinitely he's dead he's just he's dead they're gonna kill him i don't see any other way based on anything that i know just as a layman of history that they don't whack the guy if he keeps pushing this war because when push comes to shove his military leaders are going to understand that every day the war continues is another day of unnecessary deaths of ukrainian soldiers but that is not stopping Lloyd Austin, who visited Ukraine and sent another $100 million more in dwindling aid. We touched on this just briefly a few minutes ago. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin made a surprise trip to Ukraine on Monday, arriving hours before the U.S. announced an additional $100 million in security assistance for the war-torn nation. Austin visited Kiev to meet with Ukrainian leaders and reinforce the staunch support of the United States for Ukraine's fight for freedom, the Pentagon said in a statement. Staunch support. He handed him a crisp $100 bill, and he said, Good luck, Zelensky. We have always had your back. That's Benjamin Franklin right there on our $100 bill. He's one of our favorites, and don't worry. You will always have our support. Meanwhile, in other parts of the world, we see that leaders of nations are turning more and more to the right. We saw that Malay won the election. We see that there's this populist movement on the rise, and this populist movement is being hit with backlash as video of leader of Dutch far-right anti-globalist populist party is attacked with bottle days before the election. Let's go ahead and run clip two and see what happened.
see that he was attacked in a trendy bar there. I hope the commie that attacked him found that the bottom of the bottle is always dry. Dutch politician Thierry Baudet. I'm going to assume it's Baudet. Maybe it's Baudet. <laughs> has been hospitalized after he was attacked at a campaign event by a man wielding a beer bottle. The incident was the second attack on Baudet in recent weeks and took place two days before a general election. Baudet was greeting supporters at a bar in the northern city of Groningen on Monday when the assailant struck him repeatedly on the head and neck with the bottle. Video footage showed Baudet's security team rushing the injured political leader away as bystanders wrestled the attacker to the ground. So we see that things are getting unhinged, increasingly violent. And Matt, it reminds me of conflicts that we saw in the region, maybe, I don't know, in the 1920s. 100 years ago, between the communists and the national socialists, we see that the right-wingers and the left-wingers are increasingly engaged in violence against one another. And I'm not pro-violence by any means. I'm a pacifist, I guess. I don't believe in war unless it's defense against a domestic invasion or some sort of revolution. But it pleases me to see conflicts escalate to violence like this because at least you just can look your, your enemy in the eye. There's none of this phantom maneuvering, these shadow enemies, these lawfare excuses where you don't know which CIA operatives or FBI operatives are behind this lawfare against American liberties or those who fight for freedom. At least when they come at you with a bottle, you can look them right in the eye and you can see who your enemy is and deal with it that way. We're going to cover more in the next segment. Make sure you visit InfoWarsStore.com and be the reason we're still on the air. Check out X2, which is now back in stock at a tremendous discount. We've also got our Black Friday sales reactivated. We are doing Black Friday starting now early. Take advantage of sales up to 60% off, free shipping, and double Patriot points. Not only is X2 back in stock, one of our most popular products, but so many other of our most famous products are back in stock as well at up to 60% off. Check it out now at InfoWarsStore.com and stick with us, folks. More on the other side. Normally, Christmas is our biggest sell of the year, but because of supply chain breakdowns and other issues, this is our biggest sale because finally, almost all of our best-selling products are finally back in stock, including sold out for more than a year, X2, the only true nascent iodine out there is finally back. What it does for your immune system, your body, all your cells is miraculous. It's discounted at InfoWarsStore.com. Double Patriot points, free shipping, biggest sale hands down of 2023. I'm sure Christmas will have a big sale, but we'll be sold out of most of this. So Christmas has come early. Black Friday's come early. And it funds the InfoWar. Get X2. Get Vasovitz back in stock. Get all the other great products at InfoWarsStore.com right now. But again, our fan favorite, my favorite, is X2. Sold out for over a year. Could be our last run if we're shut down. Get it while you can. X2, discounted InfoWarsStore.com. Our world is so full of hype. We are force-fed, dehumanizing propaganda by the corporate media, by the controlled churches and the universities. And why is this the case? Because we innately, by God, have been given the keys to our own minds, our own psyches, our own souls. And by connecting to God, we can empower ourselves and transcend the, quote, fallen or sinful state. So the chemicals that we ingest and, and all the things that we try to bring into our bodies to, to, to change who we are are only lowering us. They're only making us more depressed. In the end, they're only making us less fulfilled. It is only by going within 
and really making that connection to God that we can truly empower ourselves. That's why the globals bombard us with toxins and chemicals to block us getting the normal vitamins and minerals and trace elements our bodies need to be healthy and to be able to basically reach out beyond the third dimension. And that's where the incredible products come in at InfoWarsStore.com. You're listening to The American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. Back to the American Journal, folks. Then we're going to talk about pumped up kicks. Then we got to go straight into the story of this mass shooting in Ohio. Shooting in Ohio, Walmart leaves four wounded and a gunman dead, police say. Four people were shot Monday night in the Walmart in Beaver Creek, Ohio, by a man who walked in and started firing. Police in the Dayton suburb said. Victims were taken to area hospitals and their conditions weren't known, police said. Gunman shot himself and nobody knows who he is either. I guarantee he's probably a former veteran that was hearing voices. This is probably just another example of an MK Ultra mass shooting. Let's go ahead and run clip one and see what happened at this unfortunate, tragic event. If you guys know anybody who's at Beaver Creek Walmart right now, call and check on your people. I was literally just shopping for Thanksgiving stuff. And this guy walked right past me with an assault rifle. And he started shooting. I don't know if he shot people or if people are dead or what is going on. But I ran. I ran. So if you guys know anybody that's in Walmart right now, call and check on them. Because he shot like 10 times. And I don't even know how much more afterwards. But I just know I'm so lucky to be alive. He literally walked right past me. See footage there of first responders outside the hospital. Excuse me, outside the Walmart. Very tragic event. Sad to see this happen time and time again. Of course, we know it's going to happen. They're going to blame the Second Amendment for these tragedies happening when we know the real crisis is mental illness. We know that this person was likely on SSRIs. We know that this person was likely hearing voices, and we know that it's even more likely that this person was a veteran. And I would even go so far as to suggest that a lot of these things are happening because of government experiments and government involvement in the psychology of our troops, of our soldiers. Very sad to see. And it just goes to show that we have so many problems here domestically. We're constantly hearing our politicians, our leaders talk about how important it is to deal with the ails of our friends abroad, whether it's Ukraine or whether it's Israel. But more voters back funding for U.S.-Mexico border than foreign conflicts, according to some new polls. American voters across party lines support more funding to bolster security at the southern border, while support for foreign countries embroiled in conflicts exposes stark partisan divides, according to the latest NBC News national poll. Survey finds that roughly three in four registered voters, 74%, support more funding for security along the U.S. border with Mexico, including 93% of Republicans and even 74% of independents and 58% of Democrats. So if there's any bipartisan issue that we can get behind, it is things like protecting our own border. It is things like ensuring that we have our own mental health in order here in the United States, that our veterans don't come back sick and hearing voices and ready to commit these atrocities. 
And even when we do engage in these conflicts overseas, it never seems to actually work. It never seems to actually benefit anyone because, after all, Ukraine is losing the war in a physical way and Israel is losing the war in a propaganda way. It seems like every time we get involved, we just create more conflict, more division, and more complication in any of these matters. And maybe if we actually cared about these other countries, we would just let them take care of themselves and stop imposing sanctions on their enemies that catalyze such events. Maybe we should stop bullying the international community because of our global reserve currency and start allowing for free trade and open market and honest money again. After all, the world was seemingly at peace before we went off the gold standard, and it's been war after war and conflict after conflict for reasons unknown to the American people. The very people who are forced to fight in these conflicts. Just another example of how these conflicts don't actually benefit the United States. We see new reports now of Russian airlines to launch regular flights to Pyongyang for the first time. So now North Korea has for decades been notorious for being among the most isolated countries in the world and is for this reason often called the hermit kingdom. But we see that Russia is now engaging in international relations with North Korea. Obviously, North Korea has been like this sort of runt stepbrother of China. It's been dependent on leaning on China like a drunk brother and needing the support of the Chinese economy to sustain itself. We see that we have one big fat man at the top of a starving nation and they worship him like an idol because they are a hermit kingdom. They are totally isolated from how things can be in other places. They are totally brainwashed and manipulated into believing that this is their hero, their divine figure as they eat crickets and run in fear of imprisonment constantly. We saw what they did to Otto Wambier. It's just what they've been doing to others for decades and decades and decades in this communist nation. But now Russia is opening up relations, having regular flights, and ensuring that there is connectivity and communication with this regime. Because if World War III were to break out, North Korea would almost certainly be involved. It does have one of, if not the largest standing army in the world. And though it is undernourished and undersupplied, that's a lot of bodies that can be thrown into the meat grinder on behalf of a World War III effort. So if Russia and China and North Korea team up with Iran against Israel and other allies in Europe in this World War III conflict, it doesn't look very good for the United States. It would almost certainly escalate into a nuclear conflict because we likely couldn't win such a conflict on the ground. If you recall what the Pacific Theater was like in World War II, it was an incredibly brutal series of island-hopping campaigns and events. We know that it was... No good experience whatsoever to be held as a prisoner of war by Japan. And I imagine that being held as a prisoner of war by either Russia, China, or North Korea would be especially brutal, even worse, I think, than some of the things that we saw from the Holocaust. I think it would be as brutal as could possibly be if we were in a conflict with these people. And so our leaders, seeing our military, seeing our Gen Zers dancing around and doing TikToks, seeing our transgender, mentally ill law enforcement or military force is going to look at this conflict and say, we're going to have to go to the nukes because these, these kids aren't going to be able to cut it. These kids aren't going to cut it. 
And they're trying to recruit new soldiers desperately. They're almost certainly going to have to resort to a draft in the event of a World War III breaking out. But we see them launching these ad campaigns to recruit for the Army, and they're finally starting to do things like show only heterosexual, strong white males in the ads. It's almost offensive now because they haven't been doing it for so long. To see them do it again, it's actually more offensive than it was when they were just doing it the whole time. We see ads coming out saying, by the way, guys, you don't have to be vaccinated anymore. They're practically begging people to join the armed forces, but nobody wants to join because everybody knows who the commander-in-chief is. Who wants to join a military run by the dementia-in-chief by Biden who can't even remember what he had for breakfast, what happened yesterday, what his name is, who he's married to, what his son did. Nobody wants to sign up for this guy because, A, we're almost certainly going to go to war, and B, we're almost certainly going to lose it if we got that guy at the top and the cream of the crap at the bottom. So if we get into a World War III, it's going to be nuclear, and it's going to be bad. It needs to be avoided at all costs, which is why we need Donald Trump in office more now than ever, which is why InfoWars needs to stay on the air more now than ever. You can support InfoWars by going to InfoWarsStore.com and taking advantage of some of these awesome deals. Black Friday is coming early here. We already have the sales up. It starts now. Take advantage of sales up to 60% off, free shipping, and double Patriot points. Get X2 and other of others among our most famous products for up to 60% off today be the reason we're still on the war on the air at infowarstore.com thanksgiving 2023 is here and i'm giving thanksgiving for all we've done against tyranny and your incredible support together in this fight and i'm particularly giving thanksgiving that x2 our number one product the only true atomic iodine on the market after a year plus of being sold out is finally back in stock ready to ship now if you don't know the power of X2 and the iodine conspiracy, you are insane. Get X2 now. It could be the last run ever we get shut down. While you still can, at InfoWarsStore.com, research iodine deficiency and billions of people with cognitive disabilities because they don't have it. X2, X2, X2 is now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com. It takes a few weeks to kick in, but it is the building block to everything. It's the missing link. They bomb us with the fluoride that is in the same family, but has the opposite effect. This is the holy grail of supplements and empowering yourself. X2, back in stock right now. Discount at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com is tomorrow's news today. Join Chase Geyser in the American Journal, the melting pot of America's diverse voices on InfoWars. Welcome back to the American Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. We will be taking calls in the next hour. I'm going to give out the number in the next segment. Allow the crew to screen the calls, and then at the top of the hour, we'll be ready to take them out of the gate. So make sure when we open up the lines that you're ready on speed dial because the earlier you call the more likely we can get to you connecticut city rejects 5g citing evidence of health risks the board of representatives in stamford connecticut earlier this month voted to reject a model agreement that would have allowed at&t and verizon to install 5g equipment on city-owned utility poles here's the crux of the article here Highlighted, the 21 representatives were largely persuaded by presentations by six independent experts on the scientific evidence of harm from radio frequency 
RF radiation, including 5G, according to a local media report. The experts, including toxicologist and epidemiologist Deborah Davis, Ph.D., MPH, said there were many documented health and environmental impacts of wireless radiation, including brain damage, memory loss, decline in reproductive function, DNA damage, and harm to insects. I wonder if there's a 5G tower right outside the White House, because that would explain a lot of the behavior around our president. You know, I have been someone who has been reluctant to believe some of the theories or criticisms of 5G. I've always thought that it was sort of hyped up. After all, so many nations have 5G technology and they seem to be fine. But then I see more and more studies, more and more reports of things like massive fertility loss, massive loss of sperm fertility sperm counts among men over the last decades and i'm starting to think yeah maybe these wi-fi signals maybe these 5g signals have something to do with it maybe they're playing a part in the increases in cancer the brain tumors i see everywhere this cognitive dissonance this mental illness pandemic that we're facing maybe the voices that we're hearing in our heads our voice to skull technology maybe this consistent just bombardment of our bodies with these frequencies from all directions whether it's radio whether it's radiation whether it's 5g whether it's wi-fi what have you maybe that's actually not very good with us you know when you walk into a room and you can just kind of tell on the back of your neck that a tv's on it was it used to be the case it was really obvious when the tvs were like the big sort of heavy tube tvs you could just tell it was on even if there's no sound coming from it even if there was no light if it was a black screen you're just like could tell almost like a really high frequency noise but you you weren't hearing anything you just walked in and you could feel the electrical signal pulsating through your body there's no way that's good for you that's not natural you turn it off and all of a sudden you're like oh and there's a part of me for a long time that's just wanted to turn off all the internet in my house i've talked to my wife about it i was like what if we just get rid of all the tvs in our house all the Wi-Fi in our house, and I rely on the office exclusively for things like internet activity. Let's get rid of our phones. Maybe we get a landline in case of emergencies and just not have phones in this house. Let's do a little house on the prairie approach and just go totally old school. Something about that sounds incredibly appealing to me. It's funny because I've noticed, I don't know if you've noticed this, have you noticed that people get all miffed if you don't respond within 12 hours to a text? Like when I go home on the weekends, I've I, don't that. Even, I don't Yeah, I don't even look at my phone. Do you look at your phone on the weekends, Matt? I know that you turn your notifications off. Uh, depends, yes. Yeah. So this weekend, for the first time ever, uh, you know, sent you some stuff over the weekend about yeah. the Altman thing, but typically on the weekends, I, I try to tune out. Yeah. I think it's so healthy to turn off and tune out, but do you remember in the 90s what it was like when you would go to the store and you'd say, okay, I'll be back in a couple hours? Uh, we long for those days. <laughs> yeah. Like the other day, I was messaging my wife, on my Mac. And I was like, did I leave my phone at home? She's like, how'd you forget your phone? I was like, it's not that important to me, honestly. <laughs> I, you know, you need it for these things. It's great that we have these tools, but there's something to be said for being unreachable. After all, when you're reachable, you're sort of malleable. You can be impacted. Your day can be interrupted by the requests of other people. I kind of call the internet, I've called the internet before among friends and family and colleagues. I've called it the public to-do list. So it's a way that other people can add crap to your day or interruptions to your day that you didn't have planned for your own day. It's like a loss of sovereignty over your own life to be wired in all the time. Sometimes you just have to unplug from the matrix and get away from it. So we'll see what happens with this Connecticut ruling. But I think it's interesting that cities that have no reason to perpetuate 
conspiracy theories or necessarily believe in these conspiracy theories. In fact, they have every incentive to install these new technologies because then they can pitch to their constituents that there's going to be faster internet in the area. When hearing from experts that are against these technologies are saying, hey, let's take a closer look at this. This seems to be problematic. That is alarming to me when I hear reports like this. So great reporting there on Infowars.com. We've got, speaking of studies, new reports that COVID lockdowns were no more effective than Swedish-style softer approach. Major Oxford University-backed study suggests. I know that I'm preaching to the choir when I cover stories like this. I know that you're all aware that the lockdowns didn't work, that the masks didn't work, that the six feet didn't work, that the vaccines didn't work. In fact, the vaccines were harmful, the lockdowns were harmful, and the masks were harmful. Everything that they said was going to help us, in fact, seems to have harmed us. And now the studies from major institutions like Oxford University are suggesting that we, the conspiracy theorists, were banned, censored, and silenced, and persecuted for saying all of these things all along are backing up what we had to say. Researchers made model that measures COVID deaths for different policies, letting people adapt behavior just as effective as lockdowns. A study suggests COVID lockdowns were no more effective at controlling the pandemic than letting people adapt their own behavior to the threat. A major Oxford University-backed study suggests so. Rather than this centralized approach to handling this pandemic. People could have just done what they were going to do anyway to be careful and avoid each other as much as possible, and everything would have ended up being exactly the same. Wow, what a surprise. It's no surprise to me. I'm sure it's no surprise to you. And anytime the government gets involved, it ends up just harming everybody, shutting down businesses, having health impacts that are resulting in our children being years behind natural development in terms of facial recognition and speech capabilities because of these mask mandates, these vaccines being hoisted and forced upon us on a mass level, causing all sorts of negative side effects, whether it's people stroking out with droopy faces, not being able to feel the left side of their body, or simply dying suddenly, as is well documented by the brilliant work of Stu Peters. None of these government involvements actually helped and frankly they didn't think they were going to help they didn't care whether they would help they don't care about us at all they just want to use these crises as a pretext to usher in their globalist agenda and subjugate humanity for their own political class for the sake of their own political high on the high living while we wear masks and stay home and homeschool our kids and subjugate our kids to this tyranny and get yelled at by flight attendant after flight attendant for not properly putting the mask over our noses or the noses of our children. We see the likes of Gavin Newsom at the French Laundry, the bougiest of bougie restaurants, which is highly overrated, I might add. I would much rather have a burrito from Chipotle than anything from the French Laundry. I did have the unfortunate experience of eating there among the San Francisco elite, and it was not my favorite experience, I found it very superficial, overrated, and frankly disgusting. I did. The food wasn't even that good. Easy Mac was just as good as the trash Mac that they had. But they had some very good fish. I will say there was some very good fish there. But was it worth it to be associated with Gavin Newsom, to be sitting amongst the snobbiest people that think that they're so good because they gave $5,000 to some charity while they ate $5 million worth of food at the French Laundry every night over the course of three years? I don't think so. It was just, you could just tell that you're with people that weren't going to make it through the eye of the needle. You could just tell that everybody was on the short path to hell. They were living high on the hog, the whole state collapsing around them while they eat their 
$500 one bite worth of salmon and they just have their nice plates and their their sommelier coming over to the table to talk about how this wine pairs perfectly with this thing and if this is a 2016 bottle and the chef oh, oh this is quite the quite the experience you know this fish I highly recommend but this other one is fairly oceanic so if you want an oceanic experience then I highly recommend a cod but we should oh, I was just, oh the whole time I was there I just like I honestly felt like I wanted to get up and like go work at a construction site so I could feel like a human being again. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was so disgusting. And, and, you know, I'm grateful for the experience. It was very nice. That Love I was that treated review. Love but, that review. Yeah, it was just, oh. And it's funny now, my wife and I have an inside joke because our dog's breath smells like everybody's dog's breath smells. And we, his name's Bonzo. We go, Bonzo, you're smelling very oceanic, very oceanic <laughs> every time he comes over. More on the other side, folks. We'll put out the phone number in the next segment. person and i want to say that i'm just a man but i'm not just a man just like you no matter what color you are whether you're a man or a woman you were made by the creator of the universe who had a plan for you who has a destiny for you that's why the system hates you and fears you that's why they hate me it's because the spirit i carry is one of justice and truth and courage and honor and will and love my friends the enemy's coming after me Not because I'm a loser, but because I'm a winner. They're coming after you, not because you're a bad person, because you're a good person. Because you love God and God loves you. And so I signed up for this. I signed up for this fight. And I'm not a victim. I'm an overcomer. But I can't fight this fight without you. That's why I want you always to remember that I appreciate you and I thank you. Because InfoWars is your fight. InfoWars is your baby. It's the thing you built. We did this together. So God bless you all. Let's keep fighting. If you ever take one piece of my advice, it's get a bottle of X2. It's been sold out for over a year because we wouldn't cut corners and because it's so hard to produce. We finally have a limited run back in supply at InfoWarsStore.com. So many people have serious issues. Look at the UN's own numbers. Billions have cognitive disabilities because they do not have true nascent iodine in their bodies. Most of the other iodine is bound to other heavy metals or bound to other elements, so you don't download it. But this is pure atomic certified iodine. X2 is now back in stock, discounted. So I'm giving Thanksgiving right now for this product being here. It funds the info war, but I guarantee you, you take this for a few weeks, you will feel the difference. It is amazing. It's the missing link X2 back in stock at the end of 2023 at infowarstore.com. X2. You're listening to the American Journal. Watch it live right now at band.video. We're in.
877-789-2539. Welcome back to the America Journal, folks. I am Chase Geyser, your host today. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. Again, that's 877-789-2539. I will be taking your calls throughout the third hour today. Covered a lot of news today, a lot of good stories. I feel good about the show today. I really do. I feel good about it. It's been an honor and a pleasure to be with you. And after today, I will see you next week. I'm going to be out for the holiday this week. I do want to cover a couple more stories before we jump into calls. There's this epic fail. A nine-year-old girl exposes Nikki Haley's campaign grift. Let's go ahead and run clip four. We may have to run it twice because I hear it's pretty short, but let's see what happens in the first run. I love your hat. Thank you. Thank you. One of your guys gave it to me for free. <laughs> One of your guys gave it to me for free. <laughs> That's hysterical. Haley on Monday addressed a young girl wearing Haley 2024 campaign apparel and told her, I love your hat. Thanks, the girl replied. One of your guys gave it to me for free. So the kid obviously wasn't genuinely or authentically wearing the hat. Had been given the hat so that she could be depicted wearing it if called upon for a question at this Q&A. And it just goes to show the grift, folks. The amount of grift involved in both sides. It happens on the left and the right. It happens with DeSantis and Nikki Haley, just like it happens with AOC and Hillary Clinton. These people have no conviction. They write books and their campaigns buy thousands upon thousands of copies of the books. So the politicians make money personally off of campaign donations, and then they give these books out by the thousands. So they show up on the New York Times bestseller list, even though no one's actually read them. These are the grifters of America. These are the grifters in chief. They are liars and con artists and deceivers, deceptive, basically satanic. Whereas Alex Jones would say pop belly goblins. <laughs> but think about it. When was the last time you guys read a policy book? I read one of Donald Trump's policy books. Of course, I know he didn't write it. I read one just to see what a policy book looked like. But did you guys read Dreams from Our Father or The Audacity of Hope or any of Hillary Clinton's books or Becoming by Michelle Obama? I mean, these are all bestsellers. These all show up at the top of the list as if everybody is killing it. But nobody's actually read those books. I mean, I could talk to more people who've read Moby Dick, a book notoriously boring, than who have read any of the major policy books from any of our political leaders. And I'm not sure. Does Nikki Haley have a book out? I'm sure she does. With the crew mind looking it up. I would love to see whether Nikki Haley has a book out. I'm sure it's one of those books that's probably in the top 20 bestsellers on Amazon or the New York Times or whatever that nobody's ever read. And she certainly didn't write it either, right? And so we have these books that are bestsellers by authors unknown, read by no one, but somehow owned by thousands. And it's because it's all a grift. These hats are fake. They're given out. Nobody's wearing the hats. Nobody's putting the signs up in their yard. They're just giving them out. They're knocking on doors. They're making calls. They're trying to make it happen, and they're just not going to make it happen. Nobody wants anybody except Donald Trump because Donald Trump is the only one, ironically, that's not full of crap. After all of – there it is. 
with all due respect by Nikki R. Haley. Does it say anywhere on the cover that it's a bestseller? I can't read the fine print. That's so funny. Of course she has a book that no one read. The New York Times bestseller right there, right there. The book nobody's ever heard of, nobody's ever read. It's a New York Times bestseller because her campaign bought thousands of copies from key bookstores all over the United States in order to get it listed. What did I tell you, folks? These people are full of crap. Sometimes I wish that I could swear on this network. I'm not going to because I'm going to hold it together. I'm a professional here. It's a family-friendly program. But the words crap and doo-doo, Just don't cover it sometimes. Sometimes I really just need it. I just want to tear into these people. We gonna be drowning in rats. Rapper Cardi B bashes New York City budget cuts. Won't endorse Biden over Ukraine and Israel wars. Rapper Cardi B is regretting her endorsement of President Joe Biden. In an expletive-laden rant over the weekend, a rant that we can't show you because there are so many bad words and it's excessively long, <laughs> Cardi B, a.k.a. Belcalis Almanzar, what? Complained about Joe Biden's commitment to fund wars in the Middle East while a $120 million budget cut in New York City curtails spending on education, police, and sanitation. Everybody be like, New York is dirty, and it is dirty, and we're going to get even dirtier with the effing budget cut, the WAP singer said, taking exception with reduced spending on cleaning New York City streets. Crimes are going to go through the roof because there is a police safety budget cut. And on top of that, there's a sanitation F budget cut. So that means we're going to be drowning in rats, Cardi stated on Instagram Live. And you know what? She's not wrong. She's actually right. (laughs) You guys are going to be drowning in rats in New York City. There's a reason that everybody of sane mind left New York City during the pandemic, during the lockdowns. There's a reason nobody wants to be there whatsoever. Because it's absolutely disgusting what has happened to that city. It is the city that never slept. It was like this amazing bastion of American success for so long. It was a source of inspiration. Even Ayn Rand, the right-wing extremist herself, who I adore, actually. I adore Ayn Rand. I don't agree with her atheism. But there's so many things about what she said that just totally inspired me. I would not be here on this show speaking to you today if it was not for The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand. 100% guaranteed fact. And she said that more than any natural creation, more than any natural manifestation of the earth, whether it's the Grand Canyon, whether it's the Himalayas, whether whether it's any mountain or forest or just wonder of the world, any product of nature, she thought that the skyline of New York City was more beautiful than all of them because the skyline of New York City was man's mastery over nature. It was the accomplishment of capitalism. It was the accomplishment of free men with ambition, accomplishing great things, building buildings higher than ever before, towering over all of mankind with accomplishment and a free market economy that was just success after success. It was the center of of capitalism in her mind. It was the pinnacle of liberty and success in her mind. It was a testament to the accomplishment of mankind with a vision and audacity to commit to that vision and manifest a physical structure as a symbol and practical means of actualizing oneself. To her, the skyline of New York represented self-actualization at its finest. It was a physical testament to all that is good about human beings, all that human beings are capable of. And now look what happened. Now we've taken the city 
that's gone from Billy Joel's New York state of mind where you can hear the jazz and smell the delicious food and see all the cultures and accomplishments just in your mind. It's just so visceral to this hellhole of crime and rats and dampness and dirtiness and protests and refugees and illegal migrants and corrupt politicians and seized cell phones and Hunter Biden art sales. It is absolutely a disgusting abyss. There's no such thing as Hell's Kitchen anymore because New York City has become hell itself. No one wants to be there. No one wants to live there. I can't tell you how many different scenes from different subway moments we have shown on this very show, on this very network, whether it's homeless people taking baths and blow up pools on the subway, whether it's maniacs ranting to themselves and causing intimidation and crime to happen on these subways. Even if you watch the movie The Joker, so much of it takes place. I know it's Gotham, but it's basically New York. It takes place on these subways with these graffitis and these crimes and these face paints and these corrupt police officers. I mean, it's absolutely a disgusting hellhole, and it's all because it's been run by Democrats with no values except for the desire to exploit their people, their constituents, for their own political gain. Make sure you call in 877-789-2539. I will be taking calls in the next segment for the duration of the third hour. Call in 877-789-2539 and visit InfoWarsStore.com. Black Friday is here early for InfoWars. So check out some of the amazing deals. We have up to 60% off some of our most famous, most popular products, including free shipping and double Patriot points. This hasn't happened in a long time. Black Friday starts now at InfoWarsStore.com and call in 877-789-2539 because I want to hear from you in the next hour. I talk a lot about the great successes InfoWars has had. I don't think anybody can deny it. And it is because of listeners and viewers supporting us. But when we talk about the crew at InfoWars, people behind the scenes, the researchers, the writers, they really have been the MVPs in this fight. And when we look at Harrison Smith and Owen Schroyer and the hard work they engage in every day, five, six, seven days a week, it's really just incredible. So for myself and the whole InfoWars crew, I thank you for your past support. And I want to encourage you now to realize that InfoWars cannot stay on air if you do not support us. I know you spread the word. I know you pray for us. and That's wonderful. Keep doing it. But most viewers and listeners never go to InfoWarsStore.com and you never buy great products that enrich and empower your life while at the same time keep us on air. I know that less than 1% of our listeners actually go buy products at InfoWarsStore.com. If just 1% more of you took action and went to InfoWarsStore.com, our funding problems will be over. Please take action now. 